Summer Footy Show Spring Edition with your hosts Chloe Dalton and Alicia Eva. Welcome to the Summer Footy Show, the Spring Edition. My name is Chloe Dalton. I'm a Giants AFLW player and work with the Giants media team. And I'll be joined every week by my co-host, Giants skipper Alicia Eva. Each week throughout the AFLW season, we'll sit down to chat through what's been happening around the league. We'll take a deeper look into the Giants' own performance and upcoming clash, league-wide results and hot topics, and pick our Giants' legend of the week. We're joined by a very special guest, a new member of the family, little Sophie, today. Is she asleep in your lap? She's asleep. I'll be a bad mum. She's about to fall. Oh, she's a tiny little puppy. She's so lovely. Look at her. We're joined How... by her because I can't put her down without her probably crying. <laughs> I can't let her off the lead because she might pull down a lamp that she shouldn't pull down. So she's just going to sit here and join us today. Amazing. Amazing. Um, how are you feeling, Alicia Eva? Uh, it was a good time to get Sophie. Um, mm, we were, therapy dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's oh, – I feel like I'm saying this a bit at the moment. And to people that listen probably feel like they hear me say this a bit at the moment, but um, we've got to get better. Um, we've got to get better under pressure. We came off the back of a really good win against Carlton a week earlier, but um, we need to make winning normal. And I saw um, you know, a video about that this week actually um, where no matter the opposition you come up against, um, no matter the challenges you face, the processes don't change. Um, doesn't mean that you're always going to get the outcome that you're after, but the process shouldn't change and I think our process just changed on the weekend. Um, we didn't play the brand of footy that... We didn't, we didn't play our new brand of footy and we didn't play our old brand of footy. We just played chaotic footy. And, it, um, you know, we had a couple of good quarters where we probably um, did what we needed to do in terms of stopping them from scoring, but we didn't generate scores ourselves and um, you need to be able to kick a score to win games of footy. And so, like I said, you can't go away from process. Winning needs to become normal and um, it's back to the drawing board this week. We had a great review last night. Um and, yeah, we take on Hawthorne in, in Pride Round this weekend. Let's jump into our first segment, the league, where we take a look at the scores from the rest of the AFLW matches of the round. We saw Carlton bounce back and get a good win over the Saints, 44-17. to 17. Richmond getting up over West Coast, 43 to 24. Gold Coast, a very, I've written Gold Ghost. Gold (laughs) Coast, a very convincing win over the Swans, 49 to 15. Uh, The Crows getting up over Frio. This one was closer than what I would have expected, 49 to 31. Good game. Good game. Mm, Very good game. Uh, Brisbane... Getting up over North, 33 to 26. North kicked three goals, eight. So I think they're inaccuracy. Like they, they could have had that one over mm-hmm. what people have deemed the premiership favourites. It, it was a big chance for them to upset Brisbane. It was. I'm just looking at the scores now. I'll let you go through the scores and then we can dissect the fun parts from the round. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, Hawthorne, third win on the trot, I think it was for them in uh, 
Tilly Lucas Rod's 50th game, uh, 29 to 16 over Port. The Cats, another win. Chloe Shear was excellent. Six goals, 743 over the Bombers. Four goals for 28. Uh, we saw in that one, we, you might chat about that, but Mads Prasparkas with a casual 37 disposals. And Melbourne punishing the Bulldogs. 10 goals, 13-73 to one goal, 3-9. Yeah, that was um, that was probably the result that people didn't see coming. Um, mm. The Hampson-Hardeman Cup has always been a relatively close game uh, and always been a, a great spectacle. Um, interestingly enough, the first time, I, I think I saw it was the first time the Doggies have played out at Casey Fields against Melbourne. Um, so How I have they managed to avoid Casey for that long? I don't know, but it, it's interesting because that can be a really hard ground to play. Um, it's massive. I don't know if there was a gale blowing the other night, but usually there is. Um, is there ever not a gale at Casey? <laughs> and Melbourne use it as their fortress, and I think yeah. um, they play that ground really, really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think many people saw that that winning margin coming. Um, but, you know, Melbourne kicked 10 goals, 13. So imagine... It's a lot if, of opportunities, isn't it? Yeah. So there are a couple of big couple of big um, scores this weekend. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned North kicked three goals, eight, and narrowly lost to Brisbane. So that game could have gone either way. Um, even looking at Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, Port kick one goal ten. Um, yeah, so interesting that they they had a lot of opportunities in front of goal. Yeah, it's it's yeah, they're the ones at the end of review you look back on and you think if you know if two or three more of those had gone the other side of the post, um, you know the result goes the other way. So that's why craft becomes so important and and don't we know it? Um, you know, I'm mm-hmm. certainly not looking at these inaccuracies and saying that you know we've got to, we've got to score. So. Um, but that's where, where craft becomes so important. So, um, you know, the likes of, you look at someone like um, Cora Staunton or um, Taylor Harris or some of these forwards that I can tell you now that they put the work in behind the scenes. There's no surprise why they're leading goal kickers um, in the comp. Um, Darcy's the same. So, yeah, don't underestimate the importance of craft, little ones that are listening to this. I like that. Heard it here first with Alicia Eva. <laughs> Um, this morning, Eva, you headed down with some other Giants teammates down to Maroubra Beach. Maroubra Beach. I didn't get to join as I'm still um, a bit under the weather, but it was there to celebrate and remember the life of Giants player Jacinda Barclay. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like this morning? Yeah. Um, so we headed down to Malabar. Um, it was... Oh, sorry, Malabar Beach. Just next to Maroubra. Um, it was something that we... We did uh, a couple of days after um, she passed away, so it's two years to the day, um, and that was just something that we did with the community footy league in Sydney. So Barks played at UNSW and had a lot of mates there. Um, so I guess it, it was just a open invitation for anyone who wanted to come down. And we know Barks would often sit on the cliffs around there or go for a. a a boogie board um, in the waters down there and it was a, a place that she, that she would often reflect um, and, and just love spending time down in that part of the world. So um, a lot of our, of our teammates had also had many adventures um, down that way with Bark. So it's a spot that every year we did again, we did last year and we just come together um, for, the, for the sunrise and um, it's really – 
every every like last year and um, and today it's it's pretty gloomy the weather it's pretty gloomy um, but for some reason the, the sun just comes out and it just looks glorious and beautiful and you know a few of us are sitting there this morning where that you know it's it's just it is reminiscent of Barks um, she just was so bright she was so um, even you know even when things were a bit gloomy Barks would bounce on into the room and and shake the place up and um, and find the fun in things. Um, and that's, you know, I, that's what we remember when we were down there this morning. And it, it was also really nice as well. It's not just the, the girls that have played with Jacinda. Um, we had some of our new new girls down there who um, didn't know Barks, didn't play with her as a teammate, but certainly know the legacy that she's left with us at the Giants, um, the fearless legacy. Um, so it was really nice to just be able to sit down on the beach this morning and reflect and um, share some happy moments. And I think that fearless award that we get to vote on as players each week is a really special way that we get to remember her and, and the way she lived her life and the way that she played. And I think if you, as, as a player, being nominated by your teammates is, is such a big honour to have yeah. played in a fearless way. So it's a really cool way that we get to remember her each week as well. Yeah, it is. And, um, I know Deb was there. Um, Barks' mother was there. The first BNF to award um, the inaugural Fearless Award, which went to Tate. And it's a, it's an award that we all um, <clears throat> hold close to our hearts and it, it's really special. And, um, you know, fast forward to tonight, we're all going to train in a touch of colour. Um, who knows what costumes will be rolled out? Because um, Barks would just... Sometimes she'd rock up to training wear a completely different kit or she jumped in the ice baths once with a snorkel, which was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we'll make sure we get around each other tonight, um, share a few memories, share a few laughs and train in a bit of colour and train in a fearless way and then it's important that, um, again, that's the theme of the week going to the game this weekend. into our next segment, The Lowdown, where we take a little bit of a look into our performance from the weekend. You've addressed it earlier on in the episode, but is there anything more specific you wanted to touch on just around our loss to Collingwood uh, over the weekend? So it was Collingwood, six goals, 10, 46, Giants, two goals, two, 14. <coughs> I, I guess, um, so the first quarter was, I think they kicked two behinds and, and we didn't register anything on the scoreboard, but it was an even contest. Our defensive pressure was really good. It was both sides were cracking in really hard early. It was a real arm wrestle. And I think what we've found um, just during games this season is when um, when sides have kicked a couple of goals, we need to we need to fight really hard and dig our heels in to, to stop that momentum and um, – that's that's a, a challenge for, for us as a, as a group. That's a challenge for us as leaders to, to stand up and um, regain composure. And I think, you know, we've got a process to do that, um, but the challenge is getting back to that process. So we need to be on the same page with how we do that. Um, we lost contested ball in a big way. Um, contested ball is pretty much if you win that stat, you've gone a hell of a lot of a way to, to winning a game and, and we lost it pretty bad. So um, when you're not winning contested ball and you're not in the green and other statistical areas of the game, um, that's how the score opens up. That's how opposition scores open up on you. Uh, you know, we kick, kicked a couple in the last quarter and we'll get to our Giants legend um, in a moment, but 
um, was you know good to see Brodie Mowbray get some reward for effort and kick her first goal for the Giants. She's she's one of those players that you could watch a game of footy and um, you you almost need to not be watching the ball to see the work that she's doing. So she's she's playing a role. She's playing a really sacrificial role. She puts her body on the line. She crashes in. Sounds like she's the Giants' legend of the week. Not this week, um, but she but could be. Could have been, she could she would have been close, and she certainly was um, last week, but. Um, it was good to see her get reward. Um, you know, it was. <clears throat> it's another one of those games where we need to look back and think. Okay, was is is this really where we're at? Or if we fix up a couple of areas, do we? Is it does it look a lot better? And I think that that's the message we've got to run with. We know the areas we have to fix up. They're pretty obvious. Um, but it comes down to getting back to the process. We know that. Um, you can't just have a plan A, you've got to have a plan B, and we've got those in place. But when you don't play to either of them, um, then you're not in control of the game. Let's jump into the next segment, the legend, which is our pick for Giants, a Giants play that may have flown under the radar this week. And this week we have picked Jodie Hicks, who on the weekend stepped up. She's been playing... A, a standard halfback role off the back of the stoppage and, and she does a really good job of, of attacking the footy and creating some real forward momentum for us, but she actually stepped up later in the game to play on the wing. And I thought she was just really clean at ground level and created some scoring opportunities for us through the corridor as well. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if um, every player on the ground out there would have thought that she was definitely the player that played without fear on the weekend. Um, she was so composed and it was clearly what we lacked um, from our most experienced players um, and leaders down to, our, um, to our, our new kids on the block. We just lacked composure and um, it was fantastic to see Hixie really stand up and she took her opportunities when she had them. And, and I think that's, that's what makes her such a good player. She's an impact player now. Um, you don't need to accumulate to impact and, and she took her opportunities. She took the new role on the wing in the last quarter with... You know, she saw that as, as a great um, challenge and she took it and ran with it and got really aggressive in attacking and got forward and, and kicked a goal for us. So um, that is why she's our Giants legend. And, and it, not just this week, I think it's a it's a really good story seeing Jodie Hicks really flourish um, with a new role and some new responsibilities. So she's a, she's a good egg, Jodie Hicks. She absolutely is. This weekend we take on Hawthorne, round eight, Sunday afternoon, 3.10pm at Henson Park. We're back at Henson, how good. Yeah. It's also pride round for the AFLW, um, celebrating uh, inclusiveness within the league uh, for the LGBTQIA plus community. For the first time I was having a bit of rage, it's going to be all 18 AFLW clubs because we now have all 18 teams in the competition. So they're all going to have specifically designed pride round guernseys and all AFL field and boundary umpires will wear rainbow coloured sweatbands while goal umpires will exchange their traditional white flags for progress flags to acknowledge trans visibility and people of colour. We'll see the ground signage obviously with the NAB logo having a rainbow theme and the 50 metre arcs also painted rainbow. What does Pride Round mean to you, Alicia Eva? Um, <clears throat> oof. It, uh, first of all, I think it's a really um, – it's a, you just need to look at every club's social media at the moment to see it's a really important round and special and fun and um, celebratory round uh, for the LGBTQI plus community. Um, 
many of whom make up the the wonderful diverse AFLW group um, or cohort and uh, and our supporter base and um, so it's really really important that we celebrate people um, all shape sizes um, sexuality race it's 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 really important that um, our game is not just for uh, big small um, fast slow it's it's yeah they're, they're the I guess the what we celebrate in our athletes but our game is the far extends far beyond the footy field um, it it impacts the community it impacts um, social change it, it, it impacts so many things so to actually be really visible and um, and proudly wear the rainbow flag and um, and the the trans flag it's it, it's really really important for visibility and to say hey um, celebrate you be proud of who you are um, and and enjoy the ride enjoy being who you are um, and yeah we're, we're going to do that in a fun way by playing footy on the weekend yeah absolutely and I think it's to me seems pretty unanimous across the board that women's football is a really welcoming and inclusive space and it, it is made up of a really diverse population which is the beautiful thing about it and I think it's a really special round and I love that it's a rainbow and, and the word is pride because I think it's it's really the opposite of what some people's experience may have been about experiences that they've had, whether that's in coming out and, and shame that's associated with it. So I love that it's all about the bright colours of the rainbow and being proud of who you are as a person. I think that's really special. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'd love to, I'd love to, um, you know, maybe one day we'll see all like 18 AFL teams wear a pride guernsey in their home and away season. So, um, yeah, let's, let's celebrate it. And, um, Hopefully we come off Henson Park with a win and get to sing a song in, in all the colours. How good. How do we beat Hawthorne to wrap us up? Um, Hawthorne are coming off three in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. They're playing some good footy. Um, Tilly Lucasrod leading the way really nicely there. Um, congrats on the 50 games. Till last weekend, they've got some really um, some really fantastic young talent coming through. I know we were watching the game on the weekend and looking at, Young Fleming there in the midfield, just her spatial awareness, um, run and carry. We, we've got to shut down. We've got to win at the source first and foremost. We've got to get, we've got to get in the green and contested ball. Um, and that's not just a midfield stat. I think what happens is everyone thinks that's a midfield stat, but it's, it's one-on-ones around the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment we haven't been winning enough one-on-ones around the ground. So we need to, get, we need to do that against Hawthorne. Um, and we need to play with a, a fearlessness that sees us kick a score. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really confident that, that we will get back to playing an attractive brand of footy, um, having a, a better balance in going fast, going slow, um, and we'll see our, our young girls bring their strengths again and, and the older girls finding their strengths too um, because, yeah, I think that, that, that's the journey we're on this season. Um, yeah, I, I know going back to what I said at the start of the episode, I know we say these things a lot around disappointing loss but um, if you've been following us this season you know that it is a journey and you know that the next three games are critically important for us so we're not going away from what we were um, striving towards in round one which is playing a fearless brand of footy winning contested ball um, and and kicking a score so that's what we that's what we go into this game um, that's the mindset we go into this game with against Hawthorne and um, we know they're up and about but Henson Park we we, uh, we love playing at Henson Park. Yeah, we do. Sunday afternoon, 3.10pm, Henson Park, round eight, Pride round. 
against Hawthorne. See you there, Giants fans. See you there, Giants fans. And uh, before we go, I'm looking forward to seeing um, who who wins goal of the year out of this last round of AFLW because I should have mentioned it. Jess Dalpos, Emma Swanson, there was one other, all these banana check side goals. Mm. I don't know who's going to win it, but I can tell you now that um, I'm going to try and snag one myself. So we'll see how we go. How good. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, all right. Send her forward. You just you just run there yourself. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I know. see how we go. I'll get, do my job first and we'll see how we go. How good. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Alicia, Eva, for your insights. We'll see you all next week on the Summer Footy Show, the Spring Edition. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Summer Footy Show, Spring Edition, with your hosts, Chloe Dalton and Alicia Eva. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, or head to giants.afl for all your latest AFLW news.